Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Grant Napier, Sean Salisbury. I- I'm looking at Sean and I'm... What, what what other conclusion can I come to? He's given up on the fucking Boston Red Sox and is going with St. Louis now. Is that the deal? Have you, have you, have you seen us rake lately, dude? Have you seen the Sox rake? <laughs> I just didn't, just, just had. Have you seen these motherfuckers rake? I mean, you got Bogarts who's hitting over three plus and doesn't have the power. I mean, what JD's hitting around three sixty, and you know Devers can hit falling out of fucking bed. I just need a few more and some pitching, okay? So I'm, I'm not I'm not surrendering this shit yet, okay? Yes. No, I haven't. I'm just taking a day off from Red Sox love, all right? Uh-huh. Give, a, give a little baseball love, a little St. Louis love. You know what? At some point this year, your Yankees are going to lose four or five in a row. Oh, no question. Row. I don't yeah. – listen, this thing is going to be very tight on September 1st. We're going to have a race. The Yankees, to me, are uh, – they, they're they're going to have their moments where they're going to come back down to earth. You're every 100% in, correct. Every, I'll tell you what, every team in the East will, Grant. And but I'll tell you, and somehow Tampa will just keep surviving it, right? Yes, like, you know, they, and they game. will. They yeah. will. And they, they, that lineup is really, you know, Wander Franco is going to be a, is, is <laughs> freaky talented, right? Toronto is going to mash. I, they, how long you trust their pitching. Same with the Red Sox. After Cole, depending on what you get, right, when he's going good. I mean, every, I mean Whitlock and Uvalde have great ability in Boston. But it, listen, man, when all is said and done, the mat, one of two things are going to happen when we all crown it. You're going to either be, and especially in this year's baseball, where batting averages are down. Mm-hmm. You're going to mash and hope you get decent pitching to stay alive, any of us. Or you're going to have great pitching Fairly shitty average hitting, and hopefully you could hit some home runs out of the ballpark. Astros right now, Grant, pitching's been lights out. Yeah, they could. I mean, the corner, the corner. I mean, Yuli led the league in hitting last year. He can't. He 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 can't hit anything. He couldn't hit with a tennis racket right now. And Bregman doesn't look anything like he did two years ago. Or you know when it was Bregman MVP. So the corner infielders, center field, the catcher doesn't hit well. I mean, they got the, yet. They're five and a half games in front of first place. Their pitching staff's ERA is down. Yep. Alvarez will homer. Tucker hasn't even got started yet, right? So, and we know Altuve is going to be really good. Hell, their best. Yeah, you know why? Here. You know they have a manager Altuve by the name. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Their manager's name Bingo. is Dusty Baker. There you go. Yeah. There you go. There you go. One hundred percent. And you know, I, I asked the question today. Let me ask you this, Grant. Um, were you a Correa guy? Yes. Correa. Okay. Well, I mean, you know what? I I, I watch him. And I see immense talent, and 
I'll tell you, he always killed the Yankees. Yes. You know what I mean? And right. flair for the dramatic, right? Yes. I mean, loved, loved that atmosphere. And defensively, he's as good as there is in a league. That's short correct. Stuff, that arm and everything, right? Yeah. You think about this now. I mean, with all I just said, dude, Tucker's hitting yep. horribly. The yep. corner infielders are hitting horribly. The catcher position is, is a non-existent mm -hmm. at the plate. Now, Now Maldonado's a tremendous defensive guy, right, to handle yep. the pitching staff. And your center field's platooned. Tucker's trying to get going. He's not a 230 hitter, right? 235 no. hitter. Now, no. Alvarez is you're going to hit 35, 40. He's going to be an MVP. He is that guy, right? Every, if, if it, I'm telling you right now, DH wise, I mean, you know, you know, we know about Otani when he's not pitching, but damn, Alvarez, Grant, I know you know it. He, he can, he is a damn good player. He's going to be a star in this league. So with that, they don't even, they haven't got going yet, but they're, they're winning because they win games like yesterday. They don't get any hitting. Verlander's got a no-hitter going for a lot of the game, gives up that home run to center mm -hmm. field, and then they're down 3-1, to one, and then they load the base, get a walk, a blue pit, and then Alvarez clears the bases with a, with a, a you know, empties the bases loaded, drives them in, they win a game, yep. and they didn't, they're getting hits, they're just not getting them in the right time, I mean, they're getting them in the right time, they're just not getting where everybody in the lineup's mashing. So, I, I getting to the Correa thing, think about this. I asked a question this morning. I said, the way Pena is going, he, he should be starting in the All-Star game at shortstop if we start today. He should. He, and everybody thought he was going to be a really good, if not elite defender, and a solid hitter. Well, the dude's going to hit He's hit 280. Play. I mean, he's amazing. having a hell of a season. I asked the question, okay, if you could get Correa back, knowing what you know now, 30 mil a year for six years, which is what? What's that, Grant? A buck 80? Buck 80, right? 30 for six when he wanted 10 for 330. Would you do it? I'd have one person say they would. How about that? Paul, wow. Think, and that we're 50, and that, what, 52 that's games in, 50 games in? Unbelievable. That's incredible. All right. I want to switch gears. We got game one of the NBA finals tonight starting at about four hours. Let me give you my quick summary on how I think this is going to go. I know that in the NBA, home court is a big deal. I don't think it's going to be as big of a deal in this series based on what I've seen already. What Boston has done on the road this year is remarkable in every series. Obviously, the sweep against Brooklyn, we'll put that on the back burner. Going in and winning a couple games in Milwaukee, big time. Winning game two, or excuse me, game one in Miami, winning game or game two once they got Horford and Smart back. Then going on the road and winning a game seven is big time. I'm going to make this prediction. I think in order... For the Boston Celtics to win the NBA championship, they're going to have to win twice in San Francisco because the Warriors, they don't give a shit where they play. Nothing's going to phase the Warriors. They've been there. They've done it. Two minutes left in a tied game on the road. They're not going to panic. They're not going to beat themselves, Sean. I don't know about Boston in that situation because it's their first go around. I like the Warriors in this series, but I don't really look at home court as my deciding factor. I just look at both rosters. I think they're a little bit better. I think, and I want to ask you this, because I think I give them a huge check mark in the experience column. Again, tight games, fourth quarter, big stage. The Warriors will not beat themselves, Sean, and that's why I think they're going to win this series. And Grant, you're an expert at this, and you've covered it a long time, and I couldn't agree more with what you're saying. Now, here's what I feel. I don't love... Golden State to win the series, but I really like them. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. It's not yep. one of those where I think this is a – well, I know Golden State will be the favorite. I don't look at it as if, if Boston plays great basketball 
that they're still going to get their ass kicked. I don't believe that. I think that I don't they're either. good enough defensively. They can, they can, I mean, Jalen Brown can lock you down. We know what kind of defender Marcus Smart is. They can defend you, right? Yep. And, but we know this. I know, I know one thing Boston's going to have to do, among others, is their superstar, Jason Tatum, is going to have to play like a top five player in the league. He will have to be the best player in the series for them to win. Period. That's correct. He can't be yep. average, and they. I don't care how good they defend. If we go nope. old Pistons and and New York mm-hmm. Knicks, where it's eighty eight, eighty six playoff game, right? Or an NBA Finals where it's the Lakers Celtics, and it was ninety two ninety game. Although Boston would probably love a couple of those, right? But Grant, you're one hundred percent correct. And in comparing it to other sports, so people kind of get an idea, I'm I'm with you on that. You know who your the Celtics remind me of road wise this year. I've been thinking about this a while. Is the first is the two thousand was it the two? I'm trying to remember what Super Bowl. The Giants, when they lost, when they went on the road and won what seven or eight in a row on the, they won like eight games to win the Super Bowl. Was that the, that's correct? The they, Super Bowl. That's right. They won. They won uh, at. They won at Tampa. They won at Dallas, and they beat Brett Favre in Green Bay in overtime on his last game. But the game, they the Cowboys were the number one seed that year, and they opened up with a wild card win, and and then in week two, because I, I was at that game with my kids, uh, Eli was great. Roma was not. Uh, that was the Giants' victory when the Patriots were undefeated that 2007 year. 2007 season, 2008. That's right. And they beat Green Bay. That was Favre's last game. Corey Webster, the interception in overtime, set up the winning field goal. And then the Giants beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Now, Grant, I can't remember if it was the first. That, that, that's exactly what happened. And two things about that, too. Remember, it was either, I'm pretty sure it was that year. The Giants started out 0-2 and gave up like 90 points. On offense. All right, I'm going to stop you right there. This is I'm going to just I'm going to share a real quick story, and then I'm going to give you all the time you want. I in week two, the Giants are hosting the Green Bay Packers. I fly to the game. I'm at the game with my brother. Brett Favre completely carves up the Giants. I am walking out of the stadium with my brother after the Giants went zero and two. And I said to my brother, it is going to be a long fucking year. And he said, yeah, it is. There is, you couldn't have paid me, you could have given me 10 million to one odds, and I would not have taken it, that the Giants would win the Super Bowl that year. I wouldn't even said they had a chance to make the playoffs. So I I just wanted to give you a little setting. I was at that, I was at that second game when they went off 0-2. And Grant, I remember... Being in the newsroom at ESPN there, and I remember I think it was Antonio Pierce. They were interviewing, you know, how you get post game stuff and or during the week stuff. And I think it was Antonio, if I'm not mistaken. I can almost vividly, and I'm pretty sure it was him. People were crushing him, and they basically were saying, "This isn't our defense. We're, we're basically paraphrased. They're yes. better than this shit." Right? It was That's Antonio they, Pierce, and, it, and basically it was like, "Stay tuned. This is going to change enough, right?" Because they'd given up like. It was like 85 or 90 points in the first two games. They got hammered. They killed. And I can't remember through – I'm pretty sure it was that same season. Grant, if we look, they either won seven out of eight or eight in a row on the road. Not, not just a playoff game, but the regular right. season. They had to win a, a, a game. And it reminded me of the Green Bay postseason, the one you were just talking about, when the year Rodgers team, when he won his Super Bowl, they, were, they had 11 injuries. Uh-huh. They went on the road the entire playoffs and won and, and took every game as a wild card. But the, the Celtics with this, it reminds me of that team because they know how to win on the road, man. Under they, they do, and they're and they're good at it. Now I know they got to win, but but here we are looking at a seven game series, and they yep. got a chance to do it. So 
I, I am completely with you. Now, like a great quarterback, I don't. Steph Curry, will sh- he shoot from the parking lot. And Clay, they, yep. they don't give a shit where they uh-huh. play. You're exactly right. They are going to have to go in and, and, and steal a couple in Golden State's building. Because it because and they're going to have to play really good basketball. But Grant, I, my question, I've been thinking a lot about this, and I know Steve Kerr preaches defense as well, and we know what defense Draymond will run out there, yeah. and we also know what what defense the Celtics will play, and then they, they can lock yep. it down a little bit. The question I have is, are they going to spend so much time doing everything they can to, you know, you know, Clay's going to run people off, and the ball's not going to hit the, he's not going to put on the deck mud, he's going to catch and shoot. And they're, they, they, with the way they shoot and run and move, can, with this many games in a row against the same team, right, where you're not, they're not yeah. methodical, so mm-hmm. are you concerned at all that the effort on the defensive end that they're going to have to have is going to prevent them from having legs on the offensive end to sustain it throughout the series? Any worry about that at all? N- not a lot for this reason. They play tonight. And then they don't play again until Sunday. I you know, like hockey where it feels like you're playing every 15 minutes, right? Absolutely. Right. I think you make a great point. But I think with the way the games are more spread out in the NBA Finals, particularly between game one and two, I don't think so. But to put, but to your point, I think we all know the Celtics cannot or will not. I don't. I wouldn't, shouldn't say they cannot. They will not win this series by trying to outscore the Warriors in that kind of a game. They're going to have to win these games 105 to 103. You know, it, it once these games get up near 120, it's the Golden State Warriors. They're too yeah. good offensively. Grant, I said the same thing. I've been th- I kind of said it between that 115-117 range in my mind when I was writing some stuff down that I wanted to think on my show. Yeah. And when you go as a guess is was if it hits 115 and we got 3 minutes, you know, it, yep. it, it, it's going to be tough. Not yeah. saying they can't, because we know Jalen Brown and Tatum, they can get rolling, but I'm talking about on a consistent yep. basis. The the Golden State Warriors live there. That's yawner for them, buck fifteen. Yep. If and now if you come at me and it's the middle of the there's six minutes to go, it's 92, 90, 96, 94, but the pace and, and you know, you know what I'm saying? You got a few yep. stops and you see a little bit of frustration, and that thing is hovering around 104, 106. Mm-hmm. I, under 110, I think the Celtics can play in every single game. Above buck 15, and that once in that range there, I, I, w- I will favor it. I, I like Golden State in six, but I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not by any stretch of the imagination. Now, I hope it's competitive. It's not just the seven, six or seven games. Right. That each game is at one by 12 and 14 and 20 points. I, I want to see some physical, great shooting. I want to see the best of the best get after it. And I, you, we could have great low-scoring games. I don't mean they have to be 125 to 124. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't care if it's 98. I want to see competitive basketball in the game, not just the series. Yep. I think it's going to be very interesting to see how these games are called. The last thing the Celtics can afford is getting an early foul trouble with Smart and Brown. So keep an eye on that. That's number one. Also, keep an eye on Draymond Green. Now, this is the stage, very volatile as we know. And I still, as great as Draymond is, and he's a hell of a player, he still is not able to control himself when he needs to. So I think that's something else you got to look for. Okay. Here's the third thing. Oh, go ahead. You I was just going to say one point. I wanted to validate your point on 
I think you're 100% correct also on the experience, the yep. ability when it's nut cut in time and, and, yep. and not everybody, but like we said, Golden State's lived here before. This is not new to them. And it, it familiarity does matter. I'm just telling you, and you and I both know it matters. This is people say, oh, sometimes experience doesn't matter. It ain't overrated. Oh. This where you play may be overrated, but experience isn't. Well, I went through it in 2002. Now, it wasn't the NBA final. It was the Western Conference finals. The Kings had the best record in the NBA. They had a home court advantage. Game seven on their home floor, the Lakers. The winner goes to the NBA finals and would have a cakewalk against the Nets, which the Lakers did. The reason why the Kings lost to the Lakers that day was one reason and one reason only. Lack of experience on the biggest of stages. They wet the bed. They missed 14 free throws on their home floor and lost in overtime to the Lakers. And the difference in that game was only one thing. Experience. You knew the Lakers would not beat themselves. They did not beat themselves. They maintained their composure. And it was interesting. After the game. There were a couple of comments, one from Robert Ori, and I'm paraphrasing here, and he said, we sensed that they were getting real tight at the end of the game. In other words, that moment for them was too big, and it was. It was too big of a moment, and the Kings did not handle it well, where the Lakers were like, just another game. We've done this every year. We'll do it again. So you cannot just put that on the backboard and go, it doesn't matter. You know. I know I've been through it as a as an announcer. It does matter. Of course it does. And, and like a little extra tight, the fundamentals of the, the, the bend in the knees start to go. There's a little mm -hmm. hyperventilation that you won't admit kicks in. So the, I mean, and you're, I, I'm just telling you, I've, I've talked to guys who've been through it and playoff games or being in big games. Every single person has the choke gene in them and some have the clutch gene as well. The question yep. is, and it does when you lose doesn't mean everybody chokes, but we all, well, I know I have, whether it's standing over a putt for a thousand bucks with a buddy or missing a yep. jump shot in high school or missing a throw in college <laughs> or the NFL. I've been there when a guy's wide open and you overthrow him. That's not because I wasn't, it's called choking. Maybe it's start, you're starting to feel it. You don't ever want to admit it, but most of us at some point in time have gone through it. It's the dude who may have gone through that once, but like Magic Johnson, goes through the other part where the high end, where it's the, they got ice in their veins 35 other times, right? Yeah. And you're right, Grant. So you were hey. going to say the third thing of this. What, what, what's that? Well, I was also going to say, I have just now canceled off an item on, I won't call it a bucket list, but my I would like to do list was play golf with you. I've just decided if we're playing for a thousand dollars on a putt, that ain't you know I'll be tinkling my pants. All right, that you happened, know, so that ain't no, happened. No, that happened twice in my life. I won one and lost one, so I'm even. I'm not doing that again. I'm not that idiot. <laughs> Ten bucks, I'm in. Twenty bucks, yeah. ah, I'm not playing for the grand. The third thing that's driven me crazy, and listen, you and I do this for a living, where you have to fill content, and when you're doing a three or a four hour show, you know, you have to come up and talk about things, and you have to stimulate conversation. So I think part of it is that, but this notion that Steph Curry needs to be an MVP in the finals is fucking ridiculous. All right, the guy's one of the great players of his generation. He would start on every team in the NBA. Every coach would want to have him. He's won three rings. He's been to two other finals. He's been a two-time MVP, he revolutionized the game. He has changed almost single-handedly the way the game is played now in the NBA. And I hear talk of some people saying he's got to win an MVP in the finals to really cement and solidify his legacy. What a bunch of bullshit that is. And here's one other thing. He may play for another five years, and you know there's still chapters to be written in this book.
Yeah, he may not be the best point guard of all time, but he ate fourth. Okay, let's right. just put right. <laughs> and he is the best shooter. And it's, I'm so glad you brought it up because I mentioned that today just to get a little at the end with our on uh, on the master debaters with with Jr. Yep. with Jeremy Roenick and and uh, and Bernsey. And I asked Matt. I said, listen, I, he has. If the dude doesn't play another game, there ain't no legacy he needs to prove. No. To nope. me. I don't, I don't think the finals – so that tells me that – now, Iguodala, who I love, don't misunderstand his career, but Andre, because he won an NBA, a finals MVP, so now, now we, we put him in rarefied air. And he's a hell of a player. I don't, I don't mean that. Yeah, come on. But he doesn't need Curry. to validate his career. He, he doesn't need to validate his fucking career. with Because you know what? what? What if he plays lights out and they just like something else? Because so, Draymond got eight more rebounds a game than him and they give it to yep. him. I mean, it's just silly. And – uh, listen, I don't, he has nothing to prove to me. It, I mean, not that he cares if he has to prove to me. No. Steph Curry is it, put it, he's in the team picture when it comes to the best of all time. He's yep. in the photo and the best shooter of all time. He got nothing. And it, it is, it's kind of, well, if he doesn't now, he goes and wins an MVP averages 34 a game. And they, they, he goes, you know, all scorched earth on, on Boston. We're not, see, it's not just if he has a legacy, we already know his legacy. great player changed right. the game. Now it's just we're throwing stats against stats. If you want later for those fodder on morning shows that are throwing hot takes to say, oh, now put that on top. Now where does he rank with Irvin Johnson? Or That's what this is. It's nothing to prove his legacy. I've seen enough. And if you're, if you're playing against his ass, you've seen more than enough of having to deal with him. So, And you better be ready to chase. You better be well-conditioned. And you better be, if he gets going early and confident, Put your head head between your legs and kiss your ass goodbye. You got yeah. no legacy to prove to me. It's just right. fodder for chatter. Yeah. All right. So give me your prediction. Who are you taking and how many games? I'm taking uh, and I'm taking the I want to be wrong, Grant. I do. And listen, Steve Kerr is a hell he'll Steve Kerr's a hell of a coach, too. You talk about a guy who's been there. Uh, listen, from a player that you talk about experience. He's got well, he's got more experience than anybody that anybody that will be in this series. On either team, nobody has more experience in these moments as a player and a coach than Steve Steve Kerr. They yeah. just don't as a player. When you no. combine it, all of it, right? No. Um, I, I like Golden State. And so I just think they're too much offensively. I agree. But 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 I, I'm telling you what, I, I will stand up and if if Boston's in this and hangs around and pushes it to seven, be careful. Be, be yeah. very be careful. So I, I'm going to say six with Golden State. I just think they're better. But, man, do I like watching Jalen Brown play and watching Jason Tatum do his thing. And I'm anxious to see how chippy it gets on both ends, as you mentioned, yep. Draymond, and Marcus Smart up in a group. You know, I'm, I'm anxious to see how this goes. But I'll take Golden State in six, Grant. And I think Curry probably will end up being the MVP. Yep. I'm hoping for a long series. I'm going to go Golden State in seven because I do think just based on the first three series, and, again, forget about Brooklyn for a minute, Milwaukee's the real deal. They won yep. two games in that building. What they did winning a game two in Miami without Smart and Horford in game one, that was, a, I don't want to call it a must win, but that was huge. And then to go on the road and beat the number one seed in the East after you had a chance to wrap it up on your home floor in six to get off the mat, okay, and recover from that game six loss and only have one off day before game seven, that was impressive as hell to me. Now, I'm not saying Miami is Golden State, but Miami is a damn good team. Right. And they were the number one seed in and, the East for a reason. And here's what that resonates with me. Yeah. I think Boston will be able to win on the road in this series. 
I'm going to say, I think they need to win twice on the road to win. I don't think they can win two games in San Francisco. So I'm going to take the Warriors. Now, when you and I talk on Tuesday of next week, two games will be in the books. If it's 2-0 Golden State, they're done. Boston, then I could see Golden State going in and winning one of those next two games and and ending this thing in five. Agreed. Agreed. I agree. And one last thing about this. Do you have a a sneaky player, Grant, that has to show? Is there a sneaky player? And I don't mean, you know, Tatum has to score 30. We know that. Is there somebody or something somebody needs to do, even if it's on the defensive end? That that uh, on both teams that are that could be huge. I think Kavon Looney is going to be a real key in this series. Everyone right. talks about the big three, and rightfully so. And then Wiggins, but with what how well Looney played against Dallas, but Dallas didn't have an Al Horford. So I I think that is going to be a real key in this series. You know when you when you when you take your main guys and move them to the side. I think he's going to be a real key for and, the Warriors. And Horford is so cagey. You know yes. what I'm saying. He, yep. He's he and he'll he, he's gonna make he's gonna make him work. I, I'm I'm you know what I I didn't like the lack of competition in games throughout these playoffs. There's been yep. some, but many of them have been one sided in games. Been terrible. I'm, I'm 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 really looking forward to this and seeing how it starts out. And you're right. Don't 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 leave it on. Don't don't leave it in the locker room the first two games, Boston. Because if that's the yep. case, man, uh, you can come back from a few teams. You're down two zero. You're gonna have a hell of a time. Uh, coming back and beating this team at Golden State. I don't know if I didn't get a chance to see the show. I'm going to go back and watch it um, uh, on No Filter with Bernsey and Roenick. And I don't know if you guys got into hockey at all, but I'm really hoping that Edmonton wins tonight against Colorado. I'm rooting for Edmonton for one reason and one reason only. I want the world to be able to see Connor McDavid. I think Connor McDavid is the most unknown superstar in North America. Yeah, I know they know who Connor McDavid is in Canada, but in the United States, unless you're a real passionate hockey fan, you, you probably don't know much about Connor McDavid. I watched the Edmonton Oilers play because of number 97. He is the closest thing that I've seen to Wayne Gretzky in a long time. And I'm not dismissing Sid Crosby. I'm not dismissing Mary Lemieux. And Matthews is pretty good right now, too. Yes. Matthews is good, but here's what McDavid is. He's He's a better skater than all of those guys. He's blistering fast. The puck looks like it's glued to a stick. And I'm rooting for Edmonton because I want to watch McDavid in the finals. It's a treat. Uh, I don't know if you get a chance to watch him much. This guy is freaking unbelievable. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Grant, I've been watching him since again and talking about him on any on, on shows that'll ever talk hockey, right? Right. He's like trying to get while we love hockey here in Houston, trying to drum up radio hockey talking and you know if we're in new york talking about the rangers or edmonton or i'm yeah. in montreal or i'm in in detroit hell it's dominate if your team they're the blackhawks right uh boston bruins but trying to do it listen when mcdavid first started yeah i remember when he first came up there was something there you heard all the talk and then you tuned in it's like this cat's different and your point is not only valid i'll see and i'll raise it's not just been now since he's come into the league, nobody more dominant has been talked about less or known less in any sport. Any sport. Yep. Now, you could say oh, the big three, the big four, I get it because we don't cover it as much. But if you are a hockey fan, you know who we're talking about. You know exactly. And he's, he's jaw-dropping talent yes. and speed on the ice. But you could walk into... 90% of restaurants or bars in the country. Yep. And say, man, you know, man, my favorite superstar is Connor McDavid. If you want, they, they, for all they know, it's an extra in a movie. Okay. That's about <laughs> you know what I mean? This cat is, he is grand. And, and he doesn't take time. It's constant, right? Yep. It's constant. And it's not like, well, he's bad here and he's good. He is a magnificent, mag yep. he's, a, he's a treat to watch. He's worth every. Every penny you have to pay to buy a ticket. I am 100% with you. And then last night we saw, you know, what does nine days off do to a team that is used to playing every other night? And we saw it last night with Tampa. I mean, the Rangers scored 71 seconds into the game on Vasilevsky. They put six on the board. If you had told me before the game that Vasilevsky would give up six goals, I would have said there's not a chance in the world. He wouldn't give up six goals in warm-ups, okay? About this. We got like – we've scored 22 goals in two games. Come on, <laughs> You think about it. What was it, 8-6? Right. If I'm not mistaken, it was 8-6 in the opener. Yes. The one, and it was what, 6 – was it 6-2 or 6-3 six, six, last two. night? There you go. So, what, 14-6, 22 goals. They're scoring more runs well. Then my Red Sox were early in the season, and now they fired it. They're scoring more runs than most of baseball is, right? I mean, more they're scoring more points than and goals than than most of baseball scoring runs right now. Come on, man! If I'd have told you they were going to hang twenty two goals with the way Come these on. guys play in two playoff games, you'd have looked at me like I was on crack. Okay, right. but they're 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 scoring more goals than there are runs in a lot of cities, and and uh, I don't see how it can continue with the goaltending. But man alive, did they jump out quick last night? And you're exactly right. Um, it's going to be a fun watch. And I, I think I know who you're rooting for all the way through, right? Yeah. Pretty oh, yeah. obvious, right? Listen, yeah. man, I, I grew up on the Rangers with uh, Eddie Jockerman and goal and Boom Boom Jeffrey on and that whole era. I'm dating myself. Matter of fact, I started going to the Ranger games at such an early age with my dad and my brother that I thought, and we always used to sit in the blue seats at Madison Square Garden in the balcony. And that was the old, old garden where – you were looking through a blue haze because you were there's so many people were smoking. You could smoke oh, inside yeah. the building and the, the cigarette smoke. I Rise swear, you, yeah. you used to look through a blue haze. And I was so young when I started going to the Ranger games that when they came out to clean the ice, I thought there was a new game starting. I didn't realize it was a continuation <laughs> of the same game. I thought there was a new game that was going to start. And, you know, people, I, I try to tell people when I joke, I grew up watching the 10 o'clock West Coast I think it was NBC or ABC back then when yeah. on the West Coast. It was one game a week, like on a Saturday or Sunday. 
and it was always the Broad Street Bullies. It was the Islanders, yep. you know, the, the Rangers, the Blackhawks, yep. the Keith Magnusons, the Stan Makitas. Yep. And, I, I, dude, the Rangers were on all the time. So, you know, I'm sitting there watching. You mentioned Golton, but, you know, from Rod Gilbert and John Rattel and Vic Hatfield. Yep. People, when, yep. I, when I start to talk about it, saying, yeah, I know, you know, I think Hatwood, Hatfield wore number 10, or was it Rattel? Did Vic Hatfield uh, wore Rattel, Rattel wore number 10. Gilbert was seven. There you go. There you go. Okay. So uh, in watching it, people like, come on, man, you grew up. I said, no. And I fell in love with it. We used to play street hockey all the time, but the Rangers, it's, I'll tell you what, like certain teams in college sports, like in football, when Notre Dame's good, when the Rangers are good and the Boston Bruins, hockey's better. It it just is. Yeah. 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 Because you're then, I mean, and I mean this affectionately, the nut jobs in New York and they're having a good lesson. Really? If, if, as long as the, the, you know, the, the Mets with the injuries, the Mets and the Yankees, the Mets can yep. keep it up in the injuries and the way the, the, the Rangers are playing and their hopes for some, well, well judging from the Jets and Giants draft, New York all around hadn't, and we thought for a minute that the Knicks were going to, you know, right. they, they say if they still still a little bit of right. right. So uh, listen, it's good time. Sports is better when New York crazies are out and calling in on local rate. They really are. Yeah. And I love this for you. And for you, your sake, because none of my team is in it, although I just want good hockey now. Sure. For you, I'm actually – the last time I saw is when Mess took that – I know exactly where I was when Messier hoisted the cup. It's been yeah. a minute, right? When's I know where I was, too. I, w- I was yeah. in the yellow seats at Madison Square Garden. Uh, that's where the hell I was, okay? I told you. I, I went to a game three. Kiss my ass. <laughs> I, hey, I told you. I don't know if I told you the story, but that Stanley Cup Finals in 94. You did about the travel? Yeah. I went That's to games. the greatest story of all time. Yeah. I went to games three and four in Vancouver, did the sports on the news in Sacramento before game five, took the red eye, went to game five, got up in the morning, flew back to Sacramento, did the sports on the news, went to Vancouver for game six, came back to Sacramento, did the sports on the news, took the red eye to game seven, and, and then came back. You know, my roommate in college, George McPhee, who was a former Ranger, and he's now the president of the, the Golden Knights, but uh, right. George at the time was – uh, Pat Quinn's right-hand man in Vancouver. So he was the one that got me the tickets. But, I mean, that was the craziest thing I've ever done in my life, sports-wise. And in between, why don't you just stop down and catch a flight to, like, to to, to Bangkok so you can keep miles on your <laughs> right. plane. Whatever, whatever I, you got to do, brother. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you really, you know, also, the world. you're a bucket list guy, and I love that about oh, yeah. you. I love it. I hey, love absolutely. It. Uh, one final hockey thought. In the 70s, you know, you brought up, you know, the the – when the Bruins, you know, when they before Esposito ended up on the Rangers and that right. team, you know, they, they were phenomenal. Terry O'Reilly, Stan Jonathan, McNabb, Gary Cheevers. Best bumper sticker I ever saw. I think I shared this with you. I was on the Long Island Expressway, and the best bumper sticker I ever saw was Jesus saves, but Espo scores on the rebound. <laughs> <laughs> Sacrilegious, but awesome and true. <laughs> right? and, and, and true. <laughs> And okay, so let me a little fun here. The, the, now that the hockey, we're putting together a final four or our Mount Rushmore, which is so overused, of brawlers. Well, who you got? Let's we can't go, you know, hell, Gordy Howe knocked the shit out of you when he, I mean, yeah, right. Well, but Dave Schultz has got to be 70 and be like in the 70s to, to 70s to if you want to go now, but 70s to, to mid 2000, mid 2010s. I'm going to put Dave Schultz, Marty McSorley. Bob Probert has to be in there. 
I was just going to put Bob Probert. Now, I'm going to surprise you on this one. I'm going to surprise you because he was a New York City Golden Gloves boxer. Nick Fatiu of the Rangers. Oh, yeah. Okay. Was unbelievable fighter. And again, he was a Golden Gloves boxer in New York. He's from New York. New York City, Golden Gloves boxer. Probert is easily on there. McSorley. Maybe McSorley is a reach because McSorley was just a tough guy, not necessarily just fighting all the time, but he was Gretzky's man that would always protect him. Well, Did it in Edmonton? And, and before him, it was Dave Semenko in Edmonton before McSorley. Now, should I put Ty Domi on there? Well, he, he was well, not afraid of anything. That's for all right. So sure. give me your four. Give me your four. Um, I, I, there's no question. Dave Schultz, Broad Street, Schultz, he has to be has on to be. there. There's, there's no question. Um, Mick Vakota, no. I, I went on a Harley. I know you're a Vakota guy. I went on a Harley ride with he and Twister and a bunch of them, and uh-huh. I loved him. You know, he was, he was very sinewy, you know. Those guys have a different the, – the, now, tw- Twister, dude, Twister's an outside linebacker playing hockey and knows how to box. That He, he was in a whole different world for guys that – if you just – when you just hang around him in a bar, and I know what kind of fighter he was, but what a good dude. And they're the best guys in the world. Yep. Now, I love Grim – I, I love the, the Reaper too, man. Now, Grimson yep. – but such a nice guy. I would – Probert for sure. Probert for sure. Dave, Dave Schultz. I'd have a hard time keeping McSorley out of it too. I would because it, it the guys and I'll tell you who was really good for a minute and um, was uh, gosh now I'm losing my mind. Red Wings played for a bunch of teams, um, lost all the knuckles on his hand. Um, gosh dang it, I just had it and I'm it tells you I'm aging. Um, fuck. You'll I'll, come I'll up with it too. Yeah, Probert. I, I, the only reason I don't want to put Domi in just because I don't want to put him in. Okay, I, I understand. I, I don't. I, I don't. I don't. Um, McSorley, uh, Dave Schultz would have been at the top of the list. I, I'm I'm leaving somebody out. Grant, ask my, ask uh, when you do that when you do a show with Ronick and Burnsy again. Ask Ronick who, who he put on there. Yeah, I'm trying to think who I who I'm leaving out. There's a there's a, it'll come to me. But it, by the end of the show, I'll have it. So let's roll on from hockey. But to me, okay. Pro Probert. I mean, Dave Schultz, you know, you know, you know, I'm talking about on skates, on ice, um, that, that there would be a – you'd need a good supply of body bags for that group we're talking about, the three. And I had another one in mind, and I'll get well, to that. Well, that, that era, first of all, what makes that so special is the Flyers were the best team in hockey led by Bobby Clark. They had great goaltending in Bernie Perrant. They had uh, Moose DuPont, great a great defenseman. Billy Barber, guys like that. That's right. correct. They had Barber. They had – they. they, they 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 were Rick McLeish, right? We can go on and on. That those Broad what Street a great bullies. Score McLeish was too, right? Oh, unbelievable! Right, unbelievable. Yep. But Bobby Clark was an amazing talent for the Philadelphia Flyers. He did it all for that team. Uh, they they were great. That was a great team. And here's the other deal about him. Yep. They played on a very small rink, and they built their team around their small rink. And the smallest rinks back then were the Spectrum, Chicago Stadium, and the Boston Garden. And those teams would model, those teams would build their personnel. And they it was like playing in a bread box. Whereas if you went to Edmonton, they had the big ice sheet, and they used their team speed with 
Yari Curry and Wayne Gretzky and those players. Those players, Gretzky, Curry, they would have a difficult time when they got into a small ice surface like Boston, like Philly, like the old Chicago Stadium. It made a big difference. And the when you used to watch the Flyers play the Bruins back in that era that we're talking about, I mean, that was hockey. I mean, and that oh, was a man's on, game. Man. That was a man's game, Sean. No doubt about it. Who I was thinking was Joey Kosher. Joey oh, Kosher okay. was a, a, a monster okay. caller. Uh, we left a, a couple other names. Like Tiger Williams was a hell of a – Tiger was, Williams he, is big he, time. He, he was a – I mean, if we want to go more modern, Donald Brashear was was damn good too. But I wouldn't put him in my top four. But Kosher was the one – I remember a story uh, – uh, there was a young skater on ice, came out and cheap shotted one of his guys. I can't remember the star that he hit, right? Yeah. And his own teammates were warning him the whole time of – and Kosher's – he's going to get you. You know, it was just letting him know, mm-hmm. keep your head on a swivel, and that he wasn't going to get old Jeff Bukaboomed by Matty Johnson from behind, that he was going to Jeff Bukaboom, there's, let a, him, there's yeah, a name let, from the past. There you go, and let and look him up. And I guess finally Kosher got up, caught up to him. I don't know what period it was in, and I guess – beat him so bad that the guy's career, he was, he was a, a very, very promising young player. I was reading a story on it. This was years ago. Career never panned out. And it was gun shy after the one, you know, kosher put it on him and they talk about all the knuckles. And I'm sure this is for a lot of those guys, those hockey guys is, uh, you know, they have no knuck. The, the knuckles are. No, they completely, don't. They're no. beat off. They don't have any left. And, and another name I was thinking about too, but it's, it's back, but it was Terry O'Reilly was a nasty fighter. Terry O'Reilly, Terry O'Reilly number 24. Was I was at, I tell you, 1979, my brother and I are home for college Christmas break, and my dad takes us to the Rangers-Bruins game. And you can Google it. Google the Rangers-Bruins. And if, when Terry O'Reilly, McNabb, and Jonathan climbed over the glass at the end of the game in their skates, okay, and went into the stands – 17,500 people standing, chanting, Boston sucks, Boston sucks. Rangers almost won the game at the end on a breakaway, and there was a bad call, and the fans went irate at Madison Square Garden. So bad that O'Reilly, Jonathan, and McNabb, it's just Google it when the Bruins went into the I spent a lot of time watching those fights. I'll stick, I'll watch two hours of fights. I love it. This was unbelievable. After the game, the mounted police had to be called in because the Rangers fans were trying to tip over the Boston, the Boston Bruins buses they were leaving the garden. The mounted police had to come in. That's how nasty that got. But that being at that game that night in December, watching O'Reilly, oh. McNabb, and I was, it was down to my right. We were kind of on the goal line to the left. It was the same side where we were down to the right. And I could not, when, when we saw those, the fans were in a frenzy. And when those guys climbed over, like you cannot believe what it looks like to see a player climb over the freaking glass with their skates on into the crowd. Yeah, no doubt about it. Those things. And I go back to Domi, too. I don't want to some of those experiences. And I I don't want to take away how good he was. I remember when he beat Probert the one time. You remember? Oh, boy. Yep. I gave him the old. uh, This is my belt. And then Probert got him back a little bit. Later in the season, and took the belt back, but he he was uh, I, uh, he was nasty. Rob Ray, another good fighter. If uh, okay. uh, Derek Bugard, another good fighter. There's a lot of them out there. But Terry O'Reilly was a mean son of a bitch. He was, but and he, he if, and if he was, was a hell of a player too. He was a great player. 
too. And that's what, like, we mentioned Gordy Howe, because Gordy Howe is always known as, uh, when you hear, now these guys are 6'4", 220. They protect themselves. Yep. They don't need a guy to protect them. But Gordy Howe was a phenomenal player, but he was a mean SOB as well, right? I'll tell you who else was mean. And, you know, Bobby Hull. Bobby didn't back away from any fights. I no, mean, I, that I, was Bobby tough, would fight tough anybody. Tough little son of a yep. – yeah, I loved him. But you're, you're right. And if it came down to it, Grant, and I always loved, like, the, the good players that also, as, as you said, when you're a good player and then you say, I'm not taking shit from anybody. I'll, I'll, you know, that they didn't have to have a protector. Now these guys are so skilled as they get older. But I, uh, I guess of my final four with that, I, I would probably put Schultz and, and – uh, Probert. For me, Schultz and Probert in the final of the yep. final four. That would, they would be the biggest names on my Mount Rushmore, probably. All right, before we go, I want to get your thoughts on this because it's a big story, it's developing, and it's in golf. Has the PGA backed themselves into a corner by stating what they would do if players would leave to go play in the Saudi-backed league, which is what Dustin Johnson is doing and some others, and – I don't know if you believe the report or if we should believe the reports that he's getting between 100 and 125 million to do it. I mean, I have mixed feelings on this. I would think in the world of golf, if you want to go play in other events, what the hell difference does it make? You know, I, I, that's how I feel. But the PGA, again, have they backed themselves into a corner by, by probably, being as. Yeah. Probably the question is who's got the ball. Now, I, listen, some of the guys that like Louis U stays in and Lee Westwood and. And Sergio yeah. Garcia that play play in Europe and play in different parts yeah. of the world a lot. You know whether the whether the PGA Tour is going to find them, tell them they can't come to certain. You know, I, I don't know what the. I think this is going to be a fluid situation on the fly. Yeah. Don't you, Grant? Because I, yes. with my initial thought was the same way. Now let let me remove the the dirty parts of this money that we know how horrendous. We know that there's a lot of oil money there, but you know losing Khashoggi. One of the a journalists that was killed over there, Correct. and some of the heinous things that the way they treat—I mean—and you can't remove it from sponsorships and your thought process. I'm just saying, if that didn't exist, I don't know if they'd have a problem, Grant. Honestly, if you're doing—I mean—but then the, the, I, that's what was my initial thought. Is my point, and then I thought, okay, obviously with. I don't know. Do we call it dirty money? I, I, I don't know. What, what do we call it, Grant? Because of the way I, I, is, is it dirty money? Is you know what? To say that? I, I okay. I, I know I'm going to get off tainted on a little tangent money? here, but the end tainted the because of how bad and heinous it is, right? The NBA is playing a preseason game in the United Arab Emirates where homosexuality is a crime punishable by death. So what do you call that? All right. I mean, this is the same league that pulled their All Star game out of Charlotte over a bathroom pill, okay? Right. right. As a deal with transgenders. People get murdered in the way they treat women, right, in certain situations. Right. That's exactly and so right. now you're going Now you're going to take you're, – you're going to pull your all-star game out of Charlotte over a bathroom pill. You are now going to take your sport to the UAE where homosexuality is criminal. I'm sorry. Once again, the hypocrisy of our sports leagues – it doesn't add up to me. So you want to call it dirty money? I'm not sure what the hell you call it, but it just seems to me, and again, we talk about China, and you know, the Olympics went on and the NBA, they'll be going back to play games in China. We know about the billions of dollars and we can go on and on. I guess if it benefits you, what what what, what do companies and right. people do? They, they turn their head, right? right? And they try to avoid the political 
aspects of what they're doing. So you want to call dirty Unless money? Call dirty money. And it's, if it's against them, that it, but when the narrow, they'll do everything. We know, and this is we've seen it many times before in a lot of different sports and a lot of different walks of life. They, they, that you're exact. You know how your dog, when you're disciplining a dog, they'll kind of turn to the side because they know they're in a little bit of trouble. It's the same thing. Well, I'm going to turn. I really don't. I hear you, but I'm not listening. Does that make sense? Right. What they when it comes to big money. So I don't even know if the phrase "dirty." I'm, I'm not saying that if Dustin Johnson, the hundred million dollars, what wasn't legal money. I'm talking about the dirty part of where's the line over the your moral compass, I guess. And I'm not smart enough to know everything that goes. We just just what we read. I'm not here, either. Correct. I'm but not I, either. I know. I, I'm a, but but you know, it's obviously with. The journalists dying and what they did. I mean, it's yep. it's a and Phil got in hot water for comments about, about that. Well, I look at it, it's it's odd, and I know because the way Phil stated it, Phil's a little more outspoken yep. than Dustin. Yep. Is Dustin not getting real hammered by any for the mo but for the most part, and Phil's getting, but it's because Phil's comments, right, and yes. everything that's gone on recently. But here's the way I feel, Grant, and I'm with you. I thought the same thing. Oh, that's another go. go. If they're if they're not if they commit to their fifteen or sixteen a year, however many you got to stay to qualify to be a PGA Tour member, right? There's so many events you got to play in that if one of them you're not playing in, and all of a sudden you're going to play over, like some will go to Dubai and play in a tournament for a five million dollar fee, and it's okay. Mm -hmm. uh, but with this, because it's competition, so I ask you this: Should you be able to play in the NFL? And it's, I, I ask this to myself: Should you be able to play in the NFL and the CFL at the same time? Right. Both in the fall. Is there, is there a difference? No. Um, well, here's the difference. I'm just talking about in the it, leagues and reunions and all that. Is there a difference? I, I guess the difference would be, it's a great question, and I'm going to make a parallel here in a second, but if you sign with me to play in the National Football League and I'm paying you, if you go and play in the CFL and get hurt, is your contract void with me? In other words, the National Hockey League has allowed their players to go play in the Olympics. Now, they didn't play this past right. year in Beijing because of COVID, but right. the reality is I can tell you I've got a lot of friends in the National Hockey League. They don't want their players playing in the Olympics because the only thing that can happen hurt. is they can get hurt, Right. all right? And then you come back with 25 games left and the Stanley Cup playoffs and you could lose your stars. So it's a it's a very interesting I question. Agree. I agree. And, here, and here's the other side. Okay. I'm, I'm trying – Trying to compartmentalize is hard for me, and I'm not trying. It's not a moral high horse to compartmentalize, like you said. Of what's good for one isn't good for the other, right? I mean, with this, okay. Now, do I begrudge? Let me just say, for just pure cold hard cash, 54 holes. It's not a four-day tournament; it's three, right? If they're playing 54 holes, this their first tournament. Yeah. Now, Dustin already lost his RBC Canadian Bank sponsorship, right? Uh, yes, because. They, he's not going to the Canadian Open. He's choosing to play this. So they dropped right. him, and I think they also dropped uh, Graham McDowell, if I'm not mistaken. They did. Well, yes, exactly. So with this, but – and listen, if I was on tour and Dustin Johnson did that and they let him come back, I'm not going to hate Dustin Johnson. No, I mean, no. I'm not going to hate him. It's his opinion, no. his money, his life. And if he was sitting there and I was having a beer at the bar, I'd still laugh with him and probably get to the point and say, damn, dude, how's everybody treating you? know, just carry on a – I don't – I'm not mad at him for it. But right. you know we're we're in a we're in a golf is a as as all the years we the Augusta National stuff and what you can and can't say and fans and pages it can be stuffy needless to say but I love it right so 
I, and I'm with you. It's like, okay, if he plays in the minimum number of tournaments why, and he's willing to lose a sponsor to go play and get $125 or $100 million, how can I get mad at him? But then the moral part comes in and say, well, wait a minute, Sean. You don't, you, don't, you don't believe in what they do in certain parts and some of the people involved in it, yet you're saying it's okay for him to go get this. So, I, I, I don't, Grant, I, I don't know. And I yep. don't know where the, they are painting him into it, but I can tell you this. That's $100 million-plus without him having to win a tournament. And the difference in what we talk about the NFL and CFL is yep. you're getting paid to be on their team. On the tour, you don't get paid shit if you don't win or be in contention. So it's yep. voluntary, brother. You either are good or you, you control your money. So I, yep. I, I, I understand the money grab. Dude, One of the, I mean, generational I money to just say I'm going to play. My thing is what happens in June or when, when the U.S. Open shows up? Now what? Three weeks. Yeah. What is Dustin going to do? What is the tour going to do? Now, wait, here's the problem. PGA Tour and U.S. Open are two different. They don't, they don't govern it. Neither does the, the, the British Open. They're on their yeah. program too, right? So I'm anxious to see, like next year at Augusta, he's a green jacket guy. If he commits to this, are they going to suspend him, fine him, or are they going to tell him he can't show up? Two what weeks happens? from today. Two weeks from today is round one of the U.S. Open. Two right. weeks from today. So will the U.S. Open now, now it's, it's not just a PGA Tour you got to do. Now it's the U.S. Yep. U.S. The United the, that the United States Golf, and then the British yep. Open. You're dealing with USGA. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. And now, then, when they are just playing in a regular tournament, is the tour? Well, you're a dues-paying member, I'm assuming. You, you know all those yep. things. And he wants to play, and he's still playing in the minimum number of tournaments to stay on tour. I know. Where's the fight? And if that's the case, what happens? Do more regret going there and getting paid that guaranteed money, or do the other side say, "Damn." I'd like a piece of that pie. I, I'd, I'd like to yeah. go over there and grab myself $5 million for just showing up. Yeah, I, I get it. But the moral compass part is going to be the biggest issue I know. To, in the judgment part of it. PGA Tour has got to – and you, Grant, you're right. They have painted themselves into a corner. The question is, yeah. remember this always. I don't go to watch the commissioner of the, the PGA Tour. Absolutely. I go to watch the best players yeah. in the world. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yep. Hey. So that's that. Great. Great show today, buddy. We and talked you know about a lot of stuff. This? You know what I love about this? We're talking about hockey goons and yeah. fights. We're talking about hockey playoffs, NBA playoffs. And we didn't mention one throw from a quarterback to receive. This is – I like – today yeah. was fun. And golf – I love it. I, I loved it, man. Great story. You're a great storyteller, too. I love it, man. Thank you, man. Good, you have... good night sports tonight. It'll be a fun night to watch. Yep. You have a great weekend. Tuesday, right? Yep. Have a great love weekend, you, buddy. Go right, Rangers. Love you too. There you yes. Go.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.